Welcome to the Concept 101 podcast. My name is Daniel. Stefan. And Jules. We have three concept artists currently working in the films and games industry, as well as the organizers of the Concept 101 event in London. Before we start, we have to thank the current sponsors of the Concept 101 2023 event. So a big thank you to Shark Mob, Chromatic Studios, Atom Hawk, Framestore, Moon Colony, Foster and Partners, Mood Visuals, Rare, Brainbug, Playground Games, Learn Squared, Art World, Focal Point School, Wacom, Mathematics Studios, and Sharp Corner. So in today's episode, usually we'd start off by me going, today we're talking about this. But we decided to take a slightly different approach uh, with what we're doing moving forward. So the way that we want to structure it is a little bit more based around our kind of experiences as they're happening when we're recording stuff. So we're each going to kind of bring a little topic to the table that we're going to discuss. And then we'll just talk about it for as long as it kind of holds our interest. And hopefully this will be kind of like a fresher way to enjoy the podcast for you guys. We've spoken about a lot of the big subjects in the industry, but there's a million little subjects Mm. uh, that even, you know, just like small things that come up during the week that we experience. It doesn't mean that we won't do any big subjects again, but it's just that it's it's a nice way to uh, vary some, up yeah, format, vary it yeah. up and um, also keep it going because uh, we it's not like there's endless uh, big subjects to talk about and it gets repetitive after a while and we, we want to keep it fresh. If we don't, Stefan will start talking about the gym and yeah. his uh, he's going to start telling you about yeah. Yeah, spreadsheets and programs and stuff. So uh, this is this is better than that. This is like <laughs> <laughs> this is spreadsheets about PSDs oh, and okay. how to make concept, how to make the brush. I'm writing that down in my notes. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, essentially what we're going to do is we're all going to bring something different to the table every week. And my topic today is uh, I want to talk about briefs. Mm. I want to talk about not boxer briefs, the kinds you put on your pants, you know, your legs, <laughs> not those kind of box briefs, but the kind of brief that you might well, get for... Col- well, I'm disappointed now. <laughs> well, what's your favorite color? Ah, that's a good question. I think for me it's just gray. plain black. Gray? Yeah, gray is Then what if you get a little pee-pee stain on it? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> nah, gray is still... Oh, still God. <laughs> black hides everything. <laughs> Yeah. White. <laughs> so briefs. What's what's about briefs? You said you wanted to talk about this. <laughs> you know, re- I red. I know what I got myself into. Red is too Santa Claus. So I agree. But I do have yeah. I do have a few red briefs. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. I, I am gonna be honest. I don't even know what a brief is. It's just boxes. No. Ah. So I think it's what Americans call Bo- boxes, it, right? Uh, it's the ones that are really tight. I think. No. No, it's the other way around. Maybe. Oh, whatever who cares anyway so the actual brief that i want to talk to about today the one that the clients give to you <laughs> uh, so the brief that i want to talk about today is not the one that you put on your ass mm. but instead the one that um sometimes directors pull out of their ass you see what i did there <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear it jules is laughing a lot right yeah, now yeah. yeah um he found that very funny my hands are watery yeah <laughs> out, um, of <laughs> out of pain yeah <laughs> But yeah, I mean, briefs are a kind of integral part of the concept art industry. Um, and it, it really is the starting point for like any project that you do, anything that you make. Uh, even if you... <laughs> Please, God, stop laughing. I'm trying to do it now. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, go on. Come on, Stefan. I was just imagining briefs <laughs> in the concept art industry. Like, yeah. All right, go on, go on. I'm ready to listen. We're, we're so mature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you guys emotionally there? Yeah, we are ready. Okay. So briefs are definitely an integral part of the industry. And it's something that you have to figure out early on how to analyze, how to break down, and how to actually work with and create something productive. So... I'm just going to ignore you. Uh, how, how do you go about, you know, breaking them down and figuring out what you actually want to do with them when you're given one by somebody? What do you think of so the important we're, we're elements? We're talking about client work here, right? Yeah, 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 yeah totally, yeah. Um, I try... First of all, I think the good thing is just asking a lot of questions. If you're in mm. a meeting, let's say. Usually you get to meeting with them when they give you the brief, hopefully. So then I would just try and ask as many questions, hopefully like getting to narrow a bit what they like, what they don't like. Yeah. Um, maybe asking if they have references, if there's any pre-done work on this, because quite often in the industry you get to work on something that's already been done or already has been sketched over and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I guess I would start by uh, pinpointing the main elements, right? Yeah, so if 100%. the if the idea is like 
like this whole, whole sketch about the scene, but then it is like in a very important part that it says it's a shark, which is red. Yeah. Then I want to know for myself that it's a red shark and that yeah. it's in a, a container. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, like what you're saying, if the brief is a sci-fi container with a mm. red shark inside, um, that there are many like scientists standing around or something. That's the mm. brief that you're given yeah. and that's like what you can yeah. synthesize from the script that you've been given or whatever. It's important to break down each of those individual yeah. elements and to separate it out so yeah. that you can figure out like, okay, I know that, for example, I have to have a container. I have to mm. have a shark. Shark has to be red. That's mm. like the subsection almost. And then there have to be laboratory scientists around it. But it also happens that sometimes, because what you said here, it's a pretty simple brief, but sometimes there's much more noise around it. Totally. And so what you just said is actually the result of you having to synthesize it. Yeah, yeah. This, this, To simplify something down. Yeah. It's like you're sometimes... Make, you're, make you, it into one sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be given like a whole script to work from sometimes. Mm. And you have to take like three pages of action and just kind of like concentrate mm. it down into like one controlled sentence that yeah. like you and your art director and whoever you're making the work for all kind of agree on. Mm. I think the other really important part about doing that is that you kind of almost need to like weight each individual part of it. Because when you're doing concept art, a lot of time what you're doing is you're making one image, mm. right? And I think there's this thing we've talked about before where often in concept art you have to make like an everything image where it's like all of these like very disparate elements need to be put into one individual concept. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason that it's important to weight stuff is to is so that you understand what matters the most. Like mm. how, if the laboratory guy is the main subject matter, well then we want them to be in the focal point, right? Yeah. If it's we an environment them, piece, if it's a yeah. uh, but, but shark you, piece more, yeah. yeah. So it, with the laboratory guy thing, mm -hmm. like, yeah, they can be the focal point. Or you could also show that there's a laboratory guy there by having them off in the corner in the darkness, yeah, yeah. but still visible, mm -hmm. but as like a tertiary focal point. So I think it's very important to figure out when you're doing stuff like with the red shark in the container and the laboratory thing, probably the red shark in the container is going to be the focal point. So you don't want to draw too much attention to the other elements which might take away mm -hmm. from that as a brief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, what's a narrative? Yeah, and and it's all. It's, I mean, it's a bit obvious, but it's always very important to whatever you decide to make sure to go back to the brief that it fits. Yeah, because sometimes it's very easy to make shortcuts, and then you're like, oh yeah, but this, this was like this little word in the brief that says that it's done. Let's say, or like it's or like someone says something, so you're like, okay, well, I got the mood, everything right, but there's actually one guy that needs to be in the middle saying something as well. Or yeah, yeah. So it's good to make sure that works. And I guess after that, probably referencing. Yeah. I was just curious, because me and Jules always, pretty much always get our briefs directly from a director or a production designer or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Is it different for you, Stefan, in games uh, when you're given tasks to perform, you know? Yeah, so I will, It mostly I'll, try, I'll get nowadays tasks from our director, mm -hmm. but I think it's still part of the job for me to investigate uh, who is it for, if it's for designer or environment design, uh, no, sorry, game design. So then I need to speak with the game designers and be like, mm -hmm. oh, what do you guys need? What are you guys looking in this task? Just to double check with them. Ideally, my director already has it figured out. So that's what uh, Sam should, would do. She would like talk with them and make sure that this is the task and she understands it, which makes it a lot more straightforward for, for me. Uh, but that doesn't happen all the time. And uh, you, you might end up, and I definitely end up being in a part of a production where I have to go investigate myself and ask, uh, you know, who is this task for? And depending who is it for, I might approach it differently. Um, you know, I might it might not be the best for me to just do a pretty image. You so know? what is the first thing you usually do when you get a brief? Um, Prize a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I will write some notes about it, like try to come up with some ideas mm -hmm. but also just try to speak see as i said see who it is for and speak mm -hmm. with them just mm -hmm. have a little chat uh, a lot of the times it's related to narrative as well mm -hmm. so i might have a chat with the narrative design and just be like yo what are you guys thinking for this area and just i need to i need to get up to date with everything that's happening so 
is there has the game changed you know mm. is the geometry in the in the game different now okay i need to check is the narrative different now okay i need to check yeah. you is know that- and then is the that those are two things actually uh, the geo in the game and the narrative design I think it's really interesting that you're bringing up having to deal with almost like non-artistic things mm-hmm. when you're making something because even in movies that's a really big consideration right like if somebody says I need you to do a set extension for this uh, uh I don't know like jungle that we built right mm-hmm. then part of that consideration from our end has to be and also is is often an unsaid thing it's like okay how feasible is yeah, this yeah. to do as a set extension mm-hmm. right how much if you if you're doing set design especially a lot of the time with set designs, you're also building in like, where are the green screen walls going mm. to go? How much of this is going to be physical? What do they actually need to do, build properly? Does it fit properly? the budget? Yeah, does it fit the budget? Yeah. Does it fit the the size of the studio yeah. that they're even filming in, right? So, so, so much of the time, you're having to change the brief that you're actually doing because there's all of these external things which are totally non-artistic. You know, they're cost-related, mm-hmm. um, they're to do with technological limits, and production time production time yeah exactly and your artistic kind of like work has to take that into mm-hmm. account mm-hmm. and that can be a really really yeah. really big part of a brief I, f- I feel like we so what you said is is true we also have to deal with a lot of other stuff yeah but we it's more i i, I never played i never did the games but i feel like it's what we have to do is less we have to interpret those in a less creative way than what Stefan does, I feel like Stefan is much mm. more of a collaboration with them. Yeah, where, games are yeah. very and, much and so and so you probably have more of a real impact and stuff. Also because it's it's a smaller production scale, I guess, and it's a longer time as well. Yeah. Uh, but smaller production scale, it I mean, I mean, I mean, less people involved. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, and so you probably have a bigger impact, or you you're more involved in discussions rather than what we get a lot is this is right or this is wrong. Yeah, and we there's much less artistic interpretation. I, I think it depends, right? Because I've worked in games as well, mm-hmm. like, and it depends on like how collaborative people want to be. Yeah. I've worked with people in games who are not collaborative at all, and they're just like, "This is right or wrong," mm-hmm. which is often the case of what we do. And I've worked with people in films who are extremely collaborative and who, and who are asking the whole time, like, "What do you think? Do you think this fits into the narrative? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that?" Um, and you know, I think like generally the happier thing is to be in a collaborative situation yeah, with people totally. because mm-hmm. you feel like you have more agency over your art which is a really nice thing I, I would say that it does also sometimes make it confusing because you can get confused about what the people need from yeah, the task yeah. like when you speak with the game designers and then seem to want this and you seem to want that and um you know it, it's it's fun until it's not fun yeah. and you but over time, you can learn how to, you know, what those people need and how they how they essentially think about things. And I was I would actually say one more thing. I when I do get a brief, I also try to think, who is it going to be shown to? If it's going to be shown to the directors, I go, okay, well, it has to be more polished. You know, oh, yeah. is it going to be shown? If, am I going to keep this between me and the art director? Maybe. Okay, so then maybe I can do more rough sketches and show the rough sketches to the art director. You know, if it's going uh, to the design, maybe it has to be extremely clear. Mm-hmm. So, like, line art could be a good option to show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rather than, like, a fully painted up look, good-looking thing. And then they go, like, but how does this connect here, you know? I yeah. think it's a really great point because, yeah, it's depending on the clientele and depending on what you're making, your approach to a brief can be dramatically different. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's fine to just like photo bash some stuff together, do some painting over the top, and they're like, "This is great. This is exactly what I need." Yeah, or like they just were like, "Oh, can we have just very rough sketch?" And you're like, "Yeah, okay." And you do them, and then, and then they're like, oh, "No, that's too rough." And you're like, <laughs> okay, I guess that's not rough. Or sometimes you just do rough sketch. And like, okay, done. Thank you. Yeah, and you're like, "All right." Which which definitely changes how you approach the brief. I mean, even you know when we're talking about like how how do you target down and like weight different stuff in a brief it can be a, a massive contributing factor can be how much time do you have to mm. actually complete that brief. Mm. If you have one day to do it, your process is going to be very different to if you have two weeks to do it. Um, and there can also be totally different quality levels involved with those kind of like time frames as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's like, it's an interesting thing because it wasn't something I thought about a whole lot before I got into the industry, like mm. how to figure all this stuff out. But it's, a system of analysis almost that you have to develop the yeah. longer you stay in. 
Also, I feel like you you can learn it by default. Mm. I hope to at least. If you have a good art director yeah. or a good lead or whoever is on top of you, <coughs> they should kind of just guide you through yeah, through yeah. this. And then with time, you're more and more independent, I guess, yeah. and or more and more experience of doing it and then figuring out stuff by yourself. Because it's possible that at the start or sometime you just make bad choices. Yeah, I think that's actually one of the kind of like under not undervalued but like not one of the things that art directors do that isn't spoken about so much that mm -hmm. an art director is not there just to say like hey your value structure's a bit fucked there buddy fix mm. it but they're also there you know when you get a weird task to say oh yeah i did that five years ago something similar mm -hmm. here's how i approached it here's what the end outcome looked like i would recommend you do it like this and then you do this and then you do this mm -hmm. and that can be the most valuable thing because having an existing process to follow or you know a path to go down essentially with something that you've never approached before is a massive boon really you know to yeah. helping you complete a task on time and making a client happy totally especially when you have especially figuring out how how much you can do in the given time yeah i mean yes it's always nice and if you if your art director doesn't do it but maybe you have a lead or something you need to reach out it's good to ask questions. I had to do a task recently where I had to take some screenshots from the game and then paint over it. And I was like, oh shit, which ones should I paint over? And I just send in our chat and I ask the the the, the principal cosplayers, be like, oh, well, what, what do you think? And he said, well, I think these two are the best ones. Mm -hmm. And maybe, and he has more experience, so he knows better. And, you know, I would look at it and be like, yeah, well, that's also similar to what I was thinking. And then... <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was going to do anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah whatever, mate. Uh, and then, I don't need you. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the help, though. Yeah. And then uh, then I just know, okay, these two I'm going to do, and it's going to be fine. You, you just say that, and then you hide the, the polished design you did of the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I... Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's... Um, I think also, it's, it's, I guess it's like slightly a tangent, but it's something you mentioned earlier, like it's good to ask questions mm. and to not be afraid to ask questions and to kind of be aware that sometimes you don't know everything. And I don't think anyone expects you to know everything. So if you're confused on a brief and you're sitting there, especially with like, you know, external clients, like you often deal with in film and they're like, so I need you to make this purple elephant. Is everything clear? And you're like, if you're sitting there and you're in your head, you're going, no, then you should say that. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to come back with an image that looks nothing like what they've requested. And, you know, the second you say like, so I don't quite understand, is, is the purple elephant meant to be real or is it imaginary? Mm. And then if they go, oh, it's imaginary. And you're like, oh, so do you have any kind of effects that you'd want to add on to that to re-strengthen that? And they're like, well, I don't think we can start with that, but maybe if you do something realistic and then do a variation where it has like some we'll, glowing effect on it or something, and then you're getting closer and closer and closer. Or, or, or they say, we'll know once we see it. Oh. We, we, we know it's right when we see it. You're like, great, <laughs> let's go for hundreds of versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I have a quick question on this. How would you like practice it if you are haven't just got a job yet, but obviously it's a skill that you kind of need to have to learn how to break down briefs um, I've got and how to approach it, you know, yeah. know how to sketch, know how to do thumbnails and when to sketch or when to do thumbnails, when to do this, when to do that. I've got a, I've got a cheeky answer. I've yeah. got... Wait, can I go? Can I go? I, Just I staring at me very into I know what Daniel's going to say. Yeah, I know as well. What? Go for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think a great thing to do is to look at other people's artwork and... Uh, you no. didn't think that was going to say? No. Okay, well then, this is what I'm saying. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um to, if you look at somebody else's artwork, for example, if you looked at uh, like Jules's Transparent Monkeys piece, right? You can look at that piece of art, you can look at all the keyframes in it, and I think a really great exercise is to try and break down that piece of art into its simplest terms. So for example, with that piece of art, I would call it like alien monkeys with transparent skin that live in the jungle, mm. right? So it's like a very, very concentrated version of your overall brief. There's a lot more going on there, but mm -hmm. if I simplify, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And then what I would say is, take that brief and let's swap out a few elements. So let's make it a transparent tiger that lives in the ocean, right? And then have a go at making that as a brief. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really, really good way because then you have two things that are going for you. Number one, you've already broken down somebody else's image and reverse engineer it into a brief that's useful for you. That's a good idea, man. And then- I never you. thought about that, yeah. Well, now you know. And you thought you knew what I was gonna say as well, so. Yeah, well. <laughs> now, I, I kind of want to know what you thought I was going to say, but anyway. Um, and then the other advantage is you have a direct point of comparison. 
you have a piece of work that hopefully you like that you find interesting and when you're making your own piece of work mm. which has this like variance on the brief right mm-hmm. you can look at it and go like okay so i guess they did sketches like that and i don't think my one's looking as nice so i'll do another part of my sketches and polish up the line art and oh the keyframe is really cool and i think when i look at my one my value structure isn't as tidy as theirs so i'm going to take another pass at that and it gives you that kind of direct comparison Mm. where you don't have to think like too hard about everything because it's kind of there for you in a way and it builds up that analytical ability that i think you need to have as an experienced artist in a very simple and easy to understand way that's great Uh, you you just need to be extra self-critical for this of course this thing Yeah, yeah, yeah so you know, I think to be a good like, like if you're like, no, everything I do is right. Like, really, maybe put yourself into a question. Question yourself. That's the right thing to do. And ask, I guess, for feedback. I was gonna say also. I mean, I think this is probably. What did you think I was gonna say? So I, I thought you were gonna say either uh, because we have the concept one-on-one competition. Maybe when this comes out, it's already done. But I was gonna say maybe to enter some art competition because you have briefs. Yeah. Or to enter, you were running the keyframe challenge. challenge. I thought you were going yeah. to say the keyframe so challenge. So there's like there's, there's like a backlog, if you briefs, go, of like briefs, I don't yeah. know, fifteen, twenty briefs, maybe more than that. Yeah, me, yeah and me and Reese put a lot of effort yeah. into those briefs when we were writing them, so they're all very kind of high quality. Yeah, briefs. and they're they're quite similar to what you could get in the industry, I guess. Yeah. So if it's too hard to think of a brief yourself, there's a huge backlog. <laughs> I said that and in a very aggressive have... way. But if, if if you feel like it's not, you want to have a, a, an interesting brief to work with, yeah. there's a backlog or there's competitions or there's that kind of stuff. And then the last thing would be to um, courses or mentorships and stuff where you can get direct feedback from people who know. Yeah. And if you, it's a great way to just get the information rather than having to guess it yourself. I was going to say, and you even have like examples uh, of how other people approached the Keyframe Challenge. Yeah, and then um, sometimes it's good. I can't quite find it all the time, but it's good to get an example of like the, the thing you are aiming for. So if this brief requires sketching, try to find other people who sketch, sketch the similar brief maybe. Be like, oh, architectural sketching. Be like, okay, who do I like who sketches architectural? And then like have that on the side. Be like, okay, this is what I'm aiming for, you know. And it's not always possible. Ideally, eventually what happens is you will have a backlog of your own ways to do this. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. I just go, okay, I can do thumbnails. I can do this. I can do the sketches. Okay, which one of these uh, little photo bash and which one of these is best? Okay. Uh, photo bash today and then i just look at that and go okay on the side of that just there's one last thing to add on to this because i think mm-hmm. we'll probably move on to the next bit but um it's a really good idea to start building collections of artwork that you like so when i kind of like talk to students and i see that their line art is incorrect i have like 10 artists so i'm like okay sheng lang uh danny gardner um Matthew also has some like cool line art in places and mm. it's like okay I'm gonna send them those people's artwork and then they now have a direct point of comparison of like here's three people who do really good line art mm-hmm. same with keyframes like I have a whole folder of just like really good keyframes so if someone's like I want to do movie keyframes I'm like okay here's Yannick Dussault here's um I don't know um Jules <laughs> and Pablo Dominguez yeah Pablo Dominguez Pablo Carpio if yeah. you want to do environments okay well then look at this guy look at this guy and I think that's a really good way because then if you do get these briefs in the future or even if you just want to be inspired for your own personal work you're like man I'd really like to do a really cool environment piece bang you have a whole folder of pieces that you already think are really good and that can really help inspire you to make stuff I find also it's good to maybe look at professional work by that is like work that's been released for movies Mm. If you if you really want to, just to put yourself in a situation, you know, because sometimes personal work can be very different to briefs or very personalized to an artist. If you just look at, I don't know, uh, again, Pablo Dominguez's work on all the stuff he worked on, yeah. uh, you maybe see some trends of what kind of keyframes might be done before others, like, you know, it's often action and that kind of stuff. So good way to know us. Right. Wish you, do we rock, paper, scissors to see who's yeah, next? One, two, two three. three. Right, one. Uh, so, my. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so strong at work, but <laughs> you can. Uh, you, I can go if you want. No, no, no. I've, I've got it. Um, Don't take his victory away. From yeah, me. man. Well, it, no, the first person can decide who goes. If he wants to go, he can go. Well, he wants to go. Okay. Still trying to trick him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a perfect segue to working with friends. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of want to speak about. So, Daniel just joined Frame Store at the time we we. Uh, yeah, that, which is great. Very happy. So that means that we get to work together. And on top of that, 
I think most importantly, we've been doing the event for two years now. And so we're doing a lot of working with friends. Yeah. And so I want to speak a bit about that and how funny could, it can be to, to the, do stuff. The highs and lows. Yeah. Of, yeah, I mean, do you want to... I mean, obviously, it's not all good sometimes, right? It's always bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what I meant to say was, it's never good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, working with friends can be a very kind of like almost touchy thing. I'm very, I feel very lucky to be able to work with both of you guys in such like a... Uh, where we can like very easily retain our friendship while also having to deal with very difficult conversations often with each other and stuff like that. I guess it, it is the kind of stuff where you can very easily go wrong. Yeah. And it take, it's effortless to go wrong. Yeah. And it's... A lot of effort to a keep lot of it effort together. To keep yeah. it good. I've had... I've had also, depending on the people, I guess yeah. it's more and less efforts. Uh, and luckily, I guess it's not that much effort. So otherwise, we would have stopped it. <laughs> I've had easier things go wrong much faster yeah, with yeah, people totally. who I know. And, you know, it's... I think one of the things about working in a professional environment is... I mean, I think it's great when you're friends with everybody that you work with. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great when you can do stuff outside of work with them and hang out and, you know, just have a great time. But... Um, within the boundaries of the office, there is always that thing of like, okay, we're like colleagues within mm. these four walls, right? Mm. So you kind of rein in your personality by a few degrees. You be, you're a bit more like, I don't know, like professional about everything, mm. right? You don't take criticism that hard. Whereas, you know, if it's outside of that kind of boundary and you're working on a personal work and somebody goes, I really don't think you've done that right. You might go like, you fucking bastard. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like those different boundaries, right? And so when you're friends with people and you work with them, it can kind of blur the boundaries in a way, I suppose. Um, I think it's great that with the three of us, we try to cut out time where we do the work stuff and then we cut out time where we just have fun and we hang out as friends rather than as like essentially business partners yeah yeah totally so i'm wondering what is your experience jules because you you had this topic in mind so yeah well i've he's just going to complain about this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i i, I it's like it's, it's like it's like a pillow talk we don't have to talk about how yeah, much our feelings. no I, i've been i think if if you have the right friends to do it with, yeah. it's great, right? Uh, it's And I think the most important part is having a way to speak about what you want to speak in a, in a clear way. And because if you don't speak, then that's going to cause issue in the long time. And also, being an odd number is, I think, that does help a, a lot, must. Yeah. It's a must. Yeah. Because if it was four of us, and the four of us had the same weight of choice making, and then it was two versus two sometimes, yeah. then... That w I think that would be quite hard to cut it. Yeah, it's and, good. I think, sorry. And it's, it's great that here, if I don't agree with both of you and you say something and you agree, well, okay, I swallow my, my uh, pride and, and fair enough. That's how it goes. Same in, in other situations, right? And um, so that's quite important. But also it, it makes a lot of stuff much more effortless to me mm. or much more fun because it does mix a lot of fun talk and a fun moments with the work. Yeah, that totally. goes with it. I think it's good that each of us have certain things that we stand for and we are not willing to change our minds on. But mm -hmm. also... Yes, it's, stubbornness is a virtue. It's <laughs> good. But I think we don't have too much stubbornness because if, you, if, if uh, you have friends that they have very different opinions to each other, then they never, even if it's three of them, they wouldn't really agree on. Yeah. I think maybe I'm the most neutral out of the three of us. So I kind of... Uh, shift my opinion around, let's say, unless it's certain topics. But I think it's good because it allows us to come to an agreement faster, basically. Sure. Um, just saying, I'm the balancing force between Jules and Daniel. Sure. And then we just hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we work together twice. <laughs> um, yeah. We. This is the you know working together. It's like uh, the equivalent of having a baby to fix the relationship. <laughs> 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 but no, I mean, I, I, I really like working with you guys and, you know, it's interesting. I'm sure there are people out there who have their own group of friends and they're kind of like, you know, it would be natural to wonder like, hey, you know, maybe we could do something together. Maybe we could build uh, an event, a gum road, a project together, whatever it is. I think the important thing to remember is that you have to find people with like 
similar values to you, mm. similar values of like how hard they want to work, how much effort they have to put in and all this good stuff. The thing that I think really brought all of us together in terms of just the event was that we all really, really missed going to events. It was a big part of all of our lives, like growing up. Mm. So we understood the importance of it and we understood that it was a shame that there weren't any happening. Mm. So it was that kind of like common belief in bringing that back after COVID uh, that pulled us to doing it. In the same way, like me and Jules, you know, like working at the same company, I think it's nice as well because we get along. Do mm -hmm. you know what I mean? We have similar, we, we both like a lot of the same artists almost. We work in the same industry, obviously have the same, like similar senses of humor. And so it's not a stretch for me and Jules to like work together in the same way. It's not a stretch for me and Stefan to yeah. work together yeah. because it, it is easy, you know, and there's not there's not that much to argue about at the end of the day. Not yeah, that we have bad arguments, but and then you always adjust. I mean, I I behave a bit different at work than yeah. I behave when we chat together, or than I behave when we talk about the event. Yeah, yeah. So you can adjust yourself. Also, I think a very important thing is there needs to be a choice for everyone. Like you, if one of the friends just is here because he just got taken into the thing and he doesn't really want to do it, yeah. And then that's a no, you know, like in, everyone needs to be, it needs to be their choice that, to do that. Like everybody needs to be about, as motivated yeah, as the next yeah. person. Yeah. And uh, it's, and yeah, I think it's just, it's all about respect. <laughs> the respect <laughs> is very important because if you don't respect your friends, you can't yeah. be, you can't get respected by them either. Right. Yeah. And I, then, I, I respect you and Stefan equally, yeah. which is like just dirt low. Yeah. Yeah. Just no, <laughs> no respect. No respect. Yeah. <laughs> I, I disrespect you both either. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all have such a low estimate of each other, it just keeps it running. <laughs> um, I would also say when you work with friends, there is, it comes with certain honesty, like what Daniel's saying, that you don't get from your colleagues, mm -hmm. which is, um, can be quite good if you know how to handle it, basically. Yeah. And, yeah. and it allows you to progress in some things. I mean, my with some of my personal work, I don't think I could ever get feedback like the feedback that I get from Jules and Dan from anyone else, even unless you are like my close friend. It's it's just because they look at the work, you know, and I really feel like they genuinely care. They want to help and they're, they're not afraid to kind of say things that, um, you know, that, that, that I'll get offended or something. And also they they know my i think like they know my feelings enough that they know when to say things not to mm. put me down as well yeah you know to keep keep my motivation going and stuff so it, it's just because with other people you know they don't know you well enough so it can be really hit and miss sometimes they say something and and maybe it rubs you the wrong way but you know that's also like about you learning how to deal with things like that uh but with friends it's kind of different it's yeah, it is. I got to say, in terms of just like nice stuff about working together, it's great, you know, running the event with two people who like because we all have to hang out because I'm forced to hang out with you guys yeah. because of the yeah. event. You know, it's nice to do that with two people who like, although we have to hang out, it's also like, oh, yeah, I get to hang out with Jules and mm. Stefan. If it if if we didn't have like as close a relationship as the three of us had, it would just be I mean, Jesus Christ, can you imagine sitting here for four hours recording a podcast with two people that you were just like Ugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah or just like you don't feel anything about yeah yeah, like, yeah. Uh, just or, be whatever yeah. or like you, you wouldn't listen to each other so, so i think it's, i think it's great that we do have that kind of uh friendship um and all the kind of similar motivations yeah. and i you know i think it'll be interesting to that's a loud motorbike eh? yeah there's a bike outside yeah um that's definitely going to be on the mic, surely. I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, yeah. now you know it. It's um, like yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see as we kind of like grow up and, you know, as like the event changes and matures and the branding of stuff changes, like how we each move in like different directions. Because mm -hmm. I, I think it's inevitable that eventually we'll all kind of have like different priorities again. Totally. So totally. it, I think it's going to be really interesting to see like, how does how do we shift and change things in mm -hmm. a way that remains interesting to all of us mm -hmm. um and kind of hit some of all of our priorities so we keep wanting to do it yeah. and that that is an essential part of doing something like this especially yeah. since there's no monetary incentive yeah. as well to yeah. creating the brand and doing the podcast and stuff it's all for free yeah yeah totally totally and, and that's why it's important to listen to people and yeah. to listen to each other and just ch uh, chat and that kind of stuff 
I guess so. What's the what can people take away from this? I guess it's just it's nice if you can to nothing. Work with I, I friends just wanted to vent, or, <laughs> or or at least if you can get. I think the closer you have to, you have to people you work with, mm. the better. Nah, maybe not. Maybe not. It depends maybe on where you're working. I would say this. Can I say be, this? Becoming friends with your colleagues is a good thing, yeah, always, right? One hundred percent. So even if you don't know your colleagues enough, becoming close to them in any way. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in <laughs> friends or <laughs> <way>. <laughs> I think I think it's a good thing just because right in the mood and it, the more you the better you know them. I guess what you explained, Stefan. The more the more someone te- uh, knows you, the better is going to be. The easier is going to be to speak with them and to interact. Yeah, yeah. So if you can translate that to your work or to anything else, that's great. And if you have personal projects you want to bring to the next scale, and you want you're looking for people to do that with, I think looking for your friends is a great option. But people you, need, you trust as well. Yeah, you need to ask yourself: Do I trust them? What is the motivation of these people? And are they just doing this out of PT to help me? Or, you know, like, like, what's the motivation? And if everyone is on the same page, then, yeah. I, and then you speak, that, that can only be a good thing, I guess. I think a really important, it's not caveat, but kind of is, it's just like, if you do decide to do something that is like professional or semi-professional with your friends, make sure that you also spend time just being friends. Yeah. This cannot be the whole thing. Like, although a lot of our time together is spent organizing stuff, figuring out invoices for venues, mm-hmm. sorting out like the logistics of like moving a thousand mm-hmm. people around a space, right? Once we're done with that, we like most of the time, once a week we sit down, we play some board games, we watch a movie, yeah. we just relax and chill out, we have some drinks. Mm-hmm. And that is the most valuable bit of all of it for me is like, once we're done with the work stuff that we get to forget about that yeah, and just spend else. time together yeah. and like quality time together. And that's that's very important health-wise as well because like I think it was last year for the first event, the stress yeah. level was much higher. And sometime at some point we hadn't seen each other for a month, but we kept working a lot, right? Yeah. That means that most of our uh, discussions were like event-related, stressful kind of thing. Yeah. And so I, I, then I would be like, I guess it would be more like tense. And then I would get to see you guys again in real life. <laughs> and just have a regular night and I mean ah oh, okay all the stress is gone now yeah, it's just yeah. my friends and all the even stress that builds up by not seeing you guys for like over a month yeah when I when we get to actually be friends and not colleagues you kind of okay cool uh, uh, and it, it helps a lot totally I was just gonna say that I remember the, the a day when we all got so stressed and nervous that we just start to laugh out of ner- nervousness. <laughs> and I think we all were just, it was very late evening and we all just start to laugh. But you could, it was like a really nervous laughter and everyone was on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> and that was everyone, we were, at that point, we all were just feeling like giving up everything and it was, it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It was not like that. It was just kind of like a crazy laughter. You know, you can't really replicate I remember. it. I mean, you can't I, it really was, replicate it, was, it unless it you are in that situation. It was funny, but I think it was just venting out. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just got to scream at the moon. You know, <laughs> like a werewolf. You howl at the moon as a, as a werewolf. Yeah. So it was really funny. The werewolf goes like. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe I'm a. Uh, I won't say who it was, but a friend of mine really wanted to uh, get a job somewhere. And we were like walking through central London and they, <laughs> I said to them as a joke, I was like, oh, that recruiter is probably looking at the same moon as you right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like that thing from like that Disney movie was about the two mice and they sing that whole song about you looking at the same stars as me or whatever the fuck. And he, and he literally, he like stops in the, the street and he just like screamed. He was like, Lord, give me the job! <laughs> like directly at the moon. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the roundup to this. That's yes. what, uh, and it's now it's Stefan's turn because there's no one else to rock paper scissors with. Yeah. Last but not least, or maybe least, who knows? We've got to mm. see. <laughs> <laughs> so in this in this topic, yeah, it would be about the most fun tasks in concept art, and I'm gonna based it on my own experience obviously right now but could you base it on my experience yeah i'm gonna try ah, daniel yeah he uh what does he do he the, he likes his sci-fi stuff <laughs> sorry that, that sounded mean why i don't know just summarized all of your personality in one yeah your that, artwork. That, uh is that what you it that's does. mean when you say it like that <laughs> <laughs> i mean you can't be near by being like daniel um well, I don't know. <laughs> Let yeah. me think. That would be worse. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, um, 
okay, well. So, most fun co- tasks in concept art, uh, and my favorite experience has been when I have worked on the same subject matter and the same design matter. So, like for example, architecture or I don't know if you design props or chairs. Mm. Let's say you all have to design a chair, and I think the most fantastic is if you are all designing the chair at the same time and everyone is giving their own opinions and doing their own designs and you see it progress over time uh, because those tasks allow you to kind of get inspired of each other, allow you to design different things and see how other person would approach the same brief and learn their their processes as mm-hmm. well. Um, so... You know, it's even it, obviously it's fun to work on the same project as your colleagues, um, but it's a lot more fun if you get the same brief and you just have like two or three weeks just doing the same thing and exploring. You know, world building. Yeah. It's it's like it's the most is the most fun compared to, you know, when you have to be like, okay, I'm doing environments and this person is doing characters and that person is doing like paint overs or keyframes, right? Mm-hmm. Like then you still learn from each other, but it's not as fun. So yeah, design tasks, those 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 kind of world building tasks. Also, also I guess it's nice because you get to push each other, you know, yeah. you get to compare and, and it's, I guess it's especially if it's in a healthy way, you get to just get motivated by, by each other. And, yeah. and it's a time when you kind of get to uh, do different concepts, different looking concepts, very, uh, you know, without any specific restrictions. Like no one is telling you to do a math painting concept or a keyframe looking concept. Mm-hmm. Everyone is just saying, okay, here's this task, you know, design it and like give me some more different designs. Yeah. And you can kind of explore it through different options and, you know, softwares and stuff like that mm-hmm. if you want to do 3D. So... Yeah, it's it's genuinely the most fun. Nice. Um, yeah, I think. I, I think I agree with you. I I tend to enjoy the most the ideation process. Ideation is that how you say? Yeah, ideation. Ideation, mm-hmm. and I really like the, the the most fun briefs is like oh you have to read a script, and you get to pick like any moment you want in the script, like key moments, and then you get to do whatever you want with it. That's like very early pitch work. Yeah, or like briefs work. Uh, which is amazing because basically you just get to read the story that sometimes no one has read before. I mean, very little amount of people have read before. You get to imagine it in your in your own mind. Then you get to pick a moment that you feel like is exciting and you feel like you want to do. And then you get to do it. And it's like your job at that moment is literally to do whatever you want because that's why you've been hired for. And that's amazing. It's like an amazing mm-hmm. feeling because you feel very free. You feel like you can just get any ideas you want and... Uh, and yeah, and within this, I really, really enjoy, I guess, the first sketching bits when I my brain is working hard and I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And from there, it's just more and more boring because yeah. then it's like, okay, well, I have my sketch of my keyframe. <laughs> I, the way I tend to work is that my sketch is really very close to my keyframe. But so then it's just, okay, now I have to go ZBrush and sculpt it. Yeah. Fair enough. And then I have to go to Blender and do it. And so it gets less and less fun throughout the thing. But then it, and then it gets, sorry, then the fun goes back up when I, I go back <laughs> to Photoshop and I finish yeah. it. Like the final, the final I, brushes. I think one of the most fun things that you can get in terms of work briefs is not necessarily a specific brief, but when someone hires you to do you. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's really amazing because then uh, when somebody gives you permission to like lead a project essentially mm-hmm. artistically, it's really cool because suddenly you're very much like. Uh, breaking the norms i guess of what the concept art role is like we've spoken about this before that a lot of your job as a concept artist is creating other people's vision Mm -hmm. and i think it's really great when somebody resonates with your work enough that they look at it and they go i like your work so much that i feel like that is my vision and Mm -hmm. i just want you to do whatever you think is best and i think uh, especially if you look like like, dream yeah yeah Yeah. of course Yeah. yeah. yeah um if you look at a lot of like most highly paid people in the industry those are the people who are the most highly mm-hmm. paid are the people with very specific artistic visions mm-hmm. that people resonate with and then also want to implement into their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, in terms of like actual briefs, I mean, pre-production blue sky stuff like you were talking about is definitely really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the worst type of brief that you get? <laughs> very short turnaround. 
That means yeah. that you have like very little time to do it. What's the short turnaround for you? A day or okay. an afternoon? Oh, an afternoon. <laughs> I, in, in my previous job, I had like a two hour turnaround yeah. many times. Usually it's advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not to, to be, yeah. And the, so the worst type of turnaround for that is when they go, you got a half day and you go, okay, yeah. photo reel. And you're like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, when do you need it? And it's like, oh, well, we needed it for yesterday. Yeah. And we have this list of 20 oh, concepts. Let me get my time machine. And you have yeah. concepts like that pop up. Oh, so at, at, at some point, I was in charge of another, in, in my previous job, I was in charge. I mean, I can't, I'm not going to go into much details, but it happened to me what I had to plan for more than myself or so someone else mm-hmm. uh, work. Yeah. So I had to, to basically tell them, so I would speak with the production designer and was like, okay, so we need to design this, 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 and this. Some of these had to be done last week, but because of X reason, they were not done. And we have these for this week. Mm-hmm. Well, how much can you both do in that time timetable? And then it was my role to, I guess, plan everything and do yeah. what I could do, give to others what they could do. I, I really enjoyed it, to be fair, because it was fun, but it was very stressful. Um, and it was for a cool project as well, so that was fine. But I guess it can get very uh, tense when it's like, oh, that was for yesterday. Or like that's for like two hours and the art style we want is insane or the amount of iteration we want is insane or they don't know what they want to do. (laughs) And then you just have left to organize all of it. Uh, But yeah. I I think my least favorite type of task is um, a fixed task. Oh yeah. Whenever, Uh, what often happens on a movie is that even if you're working pre-production, uh, and I think it's something that's really overlooked in like film documentaries and stuff because it's probably a bit embarrassing for people in like positions of power to talk about. It's like movies are very big and I don't think it's anybody's fault. And I think it's completely almost irrespective of even the skill of the director. But a lot of the time they film stuff and in post they realize, oh, this looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, whether that's because of a set build that they did, it doesn't look quite as good. It doesn't translate as well to camera as it did in real life because of lighting and then you know the dp messing up a scene by accident or even you know just a change in the script which can happen and Mm -hmm. then they're like okay we need to change the whole background now great um i find those the most frustrating i think out of everything because you you're essentially going in and like cleaning up somebody else's mess yeah and that can be very very frustrating especially I think it can be more frustrating depending on the attitude of the person whose mess you're cleaning up. Yeah. Uh, some people have, um, you know, you if you, as part of that, you know, often a lot of the time you're giving them different options. And the most frustrating thing is when a client is kind of almost like getting, not, not annoyed because I don't think I've ever really experienced a client getting annoyed, but like being like, oh, this wasn't really what I wanted. And it's like, maybe you should have done that in the first place then. <laughs> you know, we should have hired me to fix it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I really find those by far the most frustrating. Also because oftentimes they have to be photoreal, which can be very tedious yeah. and time consuming. And sometimes because it can be, it can be very simple stuff that you're correcting. Like the director filmed some people playing football and then they're like, we don't like these trees in the background. It's just like removing a tree yeah. or because they they had a really strong light on the players playing football and they're all burnt out and the background's burnt out. So now you need to completely replace the whole background. And they're going, well, that's not what the background looked like before we burnt it out with the light. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> like Anyway, that's my little vent. But I think that's definitely my least favorite type of task is the 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 911 calls that you get in production. You know what's worse than that? When you do it and then you're like, oh, you know what? We just cut the sequence oh that has happened to me that is, yeah oh wow yeah that really does hurt when something that especially when you spend a lot of time on yeah. it and you do like quite a lot of versions of it and then they go yes we're cutting that from the movie and they're like no <laughs> so I, I don't have specific tasks i think most of the tasks that i have done in games are generally fun not all of them well that's the, the one level. that we need to hear about is yeah the ones that aren't fun so the the one that I really did not the the do not resonate with is more related to when the art direction isn't very clear, you know, mm. and I have to kind of um, it's not that it's not like that it's that you are coming up with the art like having fun and be like oh this is what I think would be cool. It's more just like 
there is in vague art direction, but no one understands it. And <laughs> then when you do something, they're like, yeah, but that's not what I kind of thought. And then you're like, okay, so what did you think? And then they give you feedback and then you do it and they go, no, but you don't understand. You don't see in my head, you know? And then you're like, well, how do I fucking see in your head, mate? <laughs> yeah, that's that's so tricky. It's like, yeah, but so I love, yeah, that, that, that time and tried classic of, that's not what was in my, that's not what I was thinking. And you're like, Okay, I, <laughs> yeah. mean, I mean, it's, what do you want me to do with that? It's, it's, it's in between because at the same time, our job is to, it is to read visualize through this, visualize, ask the questions, but at the same time, and at the same time, it's, their job is also to kind of guide you in the right way or to explain themselves in well enough. Yeah. So it's like this, uh, when, when it just doesn't match, it's yeah. a bit... Uh, I think uh, in terms of actual like painting tasks, uh, I had to do a task where I had to change like... A lot of lighting uh, mm. and relighting a scene mm. is definitely um, not as fun as like the first time you come up with lighting. You're like trying to think about it, and then then they want something totally different, and you have to go in and restart the image. And I and I painfully did this just into the uh, mm. like kind of uh, photo bash, and I relit the scene like ten times, you know. And I gave like ten different options with relighting a scene and. You know, when you're doing this, totally different color grades and stuff, and it just eventually you're like, okay, I don't ever want to see more different <laughs> color palette. Like, I've, yeah. and then I mean, it happened to me, and then I showed all of these options, and we everyone was happy with it. We kind of narrowed it down, and then they went into a meeting, and we we're like, oh yeah, but that one thing we talked about Is, like yeah. like five weeks ago, remember that? oh shit, it should have been in a brief and then I go back to me after I've polished the task, did 10 different versions, <laughs> almost fully finished and I finished one and they went, oh sorry and then I had to restart the whole thing and even more so on top of that, I, I also not the biggest fan when I have to do a concept and they go, um, they go, but you know, just add more things onto it because we need it. And so you end up adding more things and it's useful for the team, but the image starts to look like pretty bad. And by the point you're finished with it, you're just convincing yourself that it's okay. And it is okay, it happens and people need images like that. But I'm just saying that that's sometimes not the most favorite work. I think what we can all agree is, is that the absolute worst type of brief is the one that continues to change mm. and you can never nail it down and you just get endless feedback on it that no because no matter how fun the task was originally even if it's like the most cool piece of pre-production keyframe ever and you're designing this beautiful building or whatever it might be whatever you love the most after a certain amount of rounds of doing the same thing you're going to start to lose it inevitably mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally because yes, you because you put your so much effort into it, trying to make it look good and be the best and then afterwards you just you they you're asked to do it over and over again so you need to keep go back to that emotional place do it again and then go back to the emotional place and then do it again and by the time you you get to the 15th iteration you can't really do it again and then just you just go whatever and like you try but it at breaks that point, you. yeah you just can't you just like it's just gonna look like at that point you just need to do it to to another concept artist because mm. like they just burn out on, or, on, or, the, on the image. Or sometimes just redo it from scratch. It helps. Yes. Yeah. Because that's it's like polishing a turtle we yeah, mentioned yeah, in the yeah. past. You um, can definitely go through like the seven stages of grief in concept <laughs> art where at the end yeah. you're like at that point of like extreme anger. You're like version 321. Okay. okay. And then like 322, you're like, you just reach a point of acceptance and like bliss. And you're yeah. Like, you're like, okay, well, just, I am at peace with this. <laughs> let's just get it done with. Yeah, exactly, cool. yeah. um, luckily, luckily, yeah, this doesn't happen often. No, it, no, it happens very rarely. Yeah, very I think it, it, it I think almost I've never happens. It more than you guys have, but yeah. probably yeah, yeah. And also, hopefully, you just—it's like something that's—it's not—it's not really anyone's fault. It just has to happen, and, um, and yeah. you know, like it's not like everyone is like you piece of shit. Do you and it's like oh, people we're, aren't, people it's, it's like we're very sorry exactly. for that. Go like, we're very oh, sorry yeah. for that. How can we help you doing yeah. or whatever and. And hopefully you have a team which is very nice and understandable. But it does happen. And the question was the worst stuff. So we mentioned about the worst stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think it's more important to remember what we mentioned before, which is the best stuff, which is at yeah. the end. Why you do the job. Yeah, why you do the job. And it tends to be, you, you tend to have a lot of, uh, at least I tend to have more good stuff than bad stuff in my day to day. 
a good task than bad task. I mean, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, anything else you want to mention about like good or bad tasks or anything else? I will say one thing that I really love doing is set builds if I get to go and visit the set because oh. that's so cool. You've no, we've spoken about that many times before. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I did design a lot of sets. I mean, no, I helped design a lot of sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I switched company, so I didn't get to see them. Uh, oh. But there were like, I don't know, many, many, many of them, which I had a, a say on it, which I would have loved to see. Yeah. And then on previous stuff, I did design also a few or helped again. And I got to see them and it was just so cool, so magic. It's, it's amazing. I think it's the best It's it's. It's the best thing possible to do. If, if if I get to pick what I would do in my day, like tomorrow, it would be good to visit sets I worked on. Yeah. It's, it, it's really nice when you see stuff. Um, I'm sure it's the same with you, Stefan, like when you see something in a game, when it's like translated beyond what mm. you actually made, when mm. people push it. Or like when you're working in a movie and you see like piece of the effects you designed and you actually see oh, wow, that's what it looks like on the big yeah. screen. And you see like all of those hundreds of people who've put in the effort to like make it something mm-hmm. that's not just a still image that you designed, you know, mm-hmm. but something that looks worthy of being like on a big cinema screen. A great feeling as well is hearing they loved it first try or like they loved it, we're going with your version, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Or uh, when you have some friends that go to see the movie or the series you worked on and you have good feedback or... Dude, I, I or, had, or like you get pictures of your name on the credit like all that kind of stuff it's just it feels ah that's good yeah. you know? I, I had some sometimes uh, when Richard left Shark Mob there was a big place to replace and uh, it was funny because um, I didn't replace it obviously but uh, <laughs> in some of my colleagues eyes I did an amazing job so like some of the directors would come up to me and be like, Stefan, this is beyond what we thought you could do. This is amazing. Mm. You are doing, who needs um, my old friend, Richard? Who <laughs> uh, you can do it, Stefan, too. I, I, and it was really nice to kind of hear those compliments. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen right now. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know. <laughs> they were just trying to make me feel good. I also really like um, appraisal. I mean, when it goes well in the company, sometimes it's like each year there's an appraisal and and they just get to you can get to exchange and say what do you, you like. Do you guys get to? You don't, I guess. But do you ever? I was just wondering, like, if they print your concepts and then put them on the wall. On the wall. They did. They. Um, I mean, now I work from home only. Yeah. In some previous shows I worked on, yeah. it was printed everywhere. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I think they in the in, in the production designer yeah. room. Oh, that's he awesome. had printed. I mean, not only mine, but some other stuff. And you get to go in the production design room to design, talk about the design. Yeah, that's, that's And you so see cool. it and you're like, oh, wow, that's cool. All I want is for my work to be printed in an art book. That's nah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I want it to be all over the studio. I, I, we don't have that right now. And I would love if that if that happens, just to see your work and good work. And not just my work. I want to see my colleagues, you know, concepts as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that just makes you even more proud, kind of. I, th- of I think most projects doing. you work on, they print it, no? Uh, not always because it depends. I like, think movies like happens all the time. Yeah, they just print it. We yeah. just don't get to see it because we're ha- home, but on sets. And That's the, true. Yeah, they just print it all the time. Oh yeah. man, I I'm, I remember the documentaries of like make your Star Wars and like George Lucas walks into a room and it's all like printed on a big ass board or like it's just it's just amazing to see that and mm. just be like oh, i would like to have my own wall and then i talk with dan about it like yeah i would want to have my like concept. to have your own wall yeah <laughs> concepts and then just one and then just all i need just one wall to keep yeah. me dry i'm a very humble uh, yeah. man i need humble things in life yeah a wall, a wall. <laughs> yeah cool a wall dedicated to my glory yeah 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 i think one of the dreams is to work on set Mm, totally into same. an art department and you just I think that's where you have the most say on stuff and you get to see the most it's like the di- the most direct uh, feedback on what impact your work has yeah, yeah. even better just direct the film yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> become George Lucas yeah easy easy peasy James Cameron you know what I don't know what I've thought about this before I just have to become him yeah, yeah. well you've got you kind of got the same haircut and beard as him actually <laughs> Really? Yeah, I also look like a like how old is he now? You just need glasses, yeah. But he has like these circular glasses. I think you do a great George Lucas cosplay now that I'm looking at you. Yeah, Yeah, I never really thought about it till this point. But George Lucas, I think, is a lot shorter. We just put him on his knees. Yeah, Yeah, fine. (laughs) Anyway, that will be on that note. Yeah, on that note. Yeah. (laughs)
jewels on his knees. That will be the end for today's episode. Uh, we really hope you enjoyed listening. And if you want more, please feel free to subscribe and ring the notification bell. We release episodes every two weeks. And if you want any more additional information about the podcast or the event, be sure to check out our Instagram linked in the description below. Thanks again. And we'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye-bye, guys. See you.